This episode of Beyond Aporia originated in the Howenstein Center's webcast, Lunch and Learn with Gleaves, available at www.gvsu.edu slash hc. Welcome to the Howenstein Center's new online program, Lunch and Learn. I'm your host, Gleaves Whitney. During our quarantine, we may not be able to journey beyond our homes, but that should not stop us from journeying beyond our minds. Today's journey takes us into the challenges of learning how to lead, how to study abroad in a place where the people are not native speakers of English. Our guide is Connor Cavallaro. Connor just graduated last Friday with his Master of Business Administration from Grand Valley State University. Along the way, he earned the Excellence in a Discipline Award for Management Information Systems from the Seidman College of Business. Last Friday, he also graduated from our Peter C. Cook Leadership Academy. All of us at the Hallenstein Center congratulate him, and we will talk to him about the work he has been trained to do as well as his study abroad in Italy in fall of 2019, just before the coronavirus pandemic broke out. My conversation with Connor will go 20 to 30 minutes, followed by questions from our viewers. Our goal is not to go longer than 45 minutes in all, so feel free to begin sending your questions to us right away using the, the Zoom toolbar to do so. Connor, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Gleaves. It's a pleasure, and I'm excited to share some stimulating and interesting conversation with you. Well, me too. First of all, congratulations on your graduation. Uh, what a way to commence, though. I mean, you're commencing your career in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, something I really never expected to happen in my lifetime, but here we are, and we're making it through it. Definitely something that um, is different, being able to commence uh, virtually and seeing my name pop up on the screen as GVSC was able to recognize those students who did graduate, which is something that is truly meaningful, um, and as well as postponing it to October or December to allow us to walk, um, come hopefully when the pandemic ends and, and we're able to come in contact with other students. Very good. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, you just earned a Bachelor of Business Administration degree with, with a focus on management information systems. Uh, tell our viewers, what has your education at Grand Valley and your experience to date trained you actually to do? Yeah, so Grand Valley is, is a very interesting um, university that offers management information systems. And one of the most prestigious universities that is aligned with what is called the SAP Alliance system. And what they do is they align with, as I mentioned, many different universities around 2,500 um, institutions worldwide. And they offer students not only cutting edge technologies to learn how to help businesses integrate um, all of their departments, but it also gives students um, easy disposal to ideas, concepts, problem-solving skills, um, ways to consult with not only people, but company-wide initiatives. And what Grand Valley has really taught and trained me to do is go out into the world and make an impact to help businesses, companies, and whether that's small or large Fortune 500 companies, um, use this technology and use um, things such as SAP um, or Oracle to really develop new ideas and new problem, new ways to solve problems that um, our world is seeing come into everyday life, such as the pandemic. And uh, Grand Valley has not only have a great set of faculty to teach this, but a great set of students 
to help make that community ever so special and um, evolving as we continue to learn side by side. And remind us again, what does SAP stand for? SAP is Systems, Processes, and Systems um, Analysts and Processes, sorry. Um, and what it is is a ERP system that helps businesses um, bring together all of their departments and make transactions more um, easily processed. So it pretty much is a way of transforming paper processes, such as selling goods, to um, online and easy um, at easy disposal of uh, their sales processes or their um, purchasing processes, and it brings it all together into one um, database. Connor, when did you first become personally or professionally interested in such a field? Yeah, so as a <laughs> freshman, I had no clue what I wanted to do, um, as many students don't know, but uh, I, I went into a class, Management Information Systems, the intro, Management 268, with a specific pro professor, Megan Knoll, and she just opened my eyes so wide to not only what Grand Valley offered, but what opportunities were truly out there. And this class was so stimulating, so interesting to me because it wasn't just one subject. The real interesting thing about management information systems is it combines all different subjects, marketing or sales or purchasing or management. Um, and it brings it all together to make definitely something that is not only challenging, but is also rewarding in the end. And she helped me bring, bring me into that path and really introduced me into um, the world of technology and the world of business consulting. And I'm curious now, since you've had this fine education, that occurred when there was no coronavirus pandemic. So how has the coronavirus pandemic changed the way you view what you do? Yeah, it's, it's definitely changed a lot because um, obviously, technology has been at the heart of being able to communicate with each other and continue business as we know it. Um, and it just makes me realize that uh, we're going to continue to have to make changes when the world changes around us. And technology will continue to be at the center of that to help us move forward and tackle these problems that we might not have known um, would occur weeks before they actually occur. And so the ability to pivot at last minute and make these changes and, and continue to help businesses change and stay um, up to speed and continue to actually um, produce what they um, have set out to produce is very, very um, important in our world. And I think that Grand Valley has trained not only myself, but um, other MIS students to go out into the world and to help businesses do this by promoting not only these technology products, but also giving our expertise as young creative minds to help them develop what they need to um, excel. What's the hardest thing that you can think of about doing your work? What, what makes your work difficult to do? So although I am still, I guess, just graduated, I, I've never had a a full real-time job. Um, I have had a few internships in the past and the things that I've encountered are mainly people problems. And what I mean by that is as an MIS student, I'm often put in the position between 
um, the technology and the people and how they work together. And often we see difficulties when things are changing around you and you don't necessarily understand how it's changing or why it's changing or what exactly is changing. And when you are the one understanding that and you have to communicate to, that to people who don't necessarily understand it, there can often be challenges in that communication piece. And something that Grand Valley has done very well is giving us excellent communication skills to understand the problem at stake and helping the people um, that are being affected really understand the benefits to what this technology is doing. And that is my job is to communicate that and to help other people understand what we are trying to do to help them. Um, and that is just one example. There, there could be many more um, that I have dealt with as well. Well, I imagine these difficulties in communication, excuse me, <clears throat> can occur, uh, especially across cultures uh, where people maybe aren't fluent in a language or uh, the, the culture uh, promotes a different kind of, of work. And so what seems to be a technical problem to solve in your culture may involve other things. Is, is that your experience? Most definitely. And I think we, we don't even <clears throat> not only just see that in the workplace, but also in, in every aspect of, of our world, in politics, in socioeconomic um, uh, discussions. And specifically what I've experienced is in IT, there is a lot of different ethnically diverse people and they come from a lot of different cultures. And helping everyone understand and get on the same page is definitely difficult. And as we're gonna talk into a little bit, um, studying abroad is one of the main reasons um, that has helped me deal with those things and really fueled me to, to learn more about different cultures and to help bridge that gap, that gap of um, misunderstanding different uh, things that we bring up and that, that we come from and our backgrounds and, and really just our roots. Well, that does segue into the next question. Uh, as I said in the introduction, Connor, you were one of our stars in the Hallenstein Center's Peter C. Cook Leadership Academy. And one of the things that you sprang for was the opportunity to study abroad in Italy. Uh, and we, we helped make that possible through a very competitive process. And you came through that process shining and, and got a grant to do so. Why did you want to do that? And I, I can't help but ask, did it have anything to do with your last name, Cavallaro? <laughs> yes, it, it most definitely did have to do with my um, my, my Italian last name. Uh, I do have some family a few generations back that, that lived in Sicily. So that was definitely at the root of why I wanted to, to head over there. Um, but I appreciate your kind words. And yes, I, I really appreciate the donations and the grant that helped me get there as well, because um, through the Cook Leadership Academy, if I wasn't admitted, I would never have studied abroad. And um, it just gave me the, the true opportunity to learn what else is out there. And the reason that I wanted to study abroad was really, as you mentioned, to open up my eyes to a much wider lens, to understand what is out there and really dive myself into something that I was not comfortable at all with. And that being said, I didn't know any Italian. I didn't um, know what to expect. I've never lived in a big city. And those are just a few of the things that, that made me a little uncomfortable. 
And as I moved forward, I knew that being uncomfortable and putting myself in that place would really develop me not only personally and internally, but also professionally as I moved back to the U.S., um, ready to take on a full-time job uh, in, in the, the business world and hopefully making an impact worldwide one day. So regarding the language challenge, <laughs> did you learn to read and speak Italian pretty fluently? Yeah, yeah. Funny, <laughs> funny story. When I first flew into Italy, I landed and I went to a coffee shop and I walked in and expecting everyone to know English. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at them and tried to order, order an espresso and a, and a croissant freshly baked in a, in a beautiful bakery. And they looked at me like I was some alien. <laughs> After that moment, um, I knew I was going to have to to dive into my studies pretty deep to learn Italian, um, to read and write, or to read, write, and speak. And over the course of um, four and a half, five months, uh, I I definitely learned enough to speak and to hold conversations with the Italians locally. That just gave me another true, authentic feeling of belonging. And it's given me an opportunity now that I'm back here in the States to continue that passion and, and to hold that, that special part of my heart that um, I created while I was over there um, close to me as I continue to learn um, a little bit of Italian here and there so that hopefully one day when I do go back, um, I'm a little bit better than I was um, a little bit ago when I um, was there in the fall. Listening to you, Connor, I think some of that Italian romantic spirit got into your heart. It's great. Great. Just well, a little bit. Yep, yep. So living in Italy also gave you the opportunity to hear a lot about the United States. I'm just curious, what did the people you came in contact with say about our country? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very interesting because I not only studied abroad with fellow American students, but Italian students, German, um, British, um, Australian, pretty much from all over the world. And I got to hear a lot of different um, views and their opinions on um, not only the people here, but the politics and the culture of how we live life in America. And in all honesty, a lot of it was negative in the beginning. And it kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that view from a lot of the students, but as we continued our conversations, they began to open up more and tell me a little bit about why this, uh, this negative connotation of um, maybe stuck up or um, privileged people, which I didn't understand at the time. Um, but as they began to talk to me, and these are younger generations, so around my age, Gen, Gen Zs, um, they began to say that, that their opinions changed and, and they really appreciated meeting fellow American students because it not only opened up their eyes to um, what they had once thought um, of American students, but now could actually experience. And they said that um, although that uh, it made it, the recent presidential elections have made it a little bit tougher for them to come to America, um, that they really appreciated our openness and willing to talk about these conversations, which they didn't quite expect. Um, us willing to talk about, and they thought we would be more closed off about that. Um, And likewise to me, I was um, really interested to hear their opinions on um, what 
uh, they thought about America and they were willing to talk about their countries as well, which was great to have that open and honest conversations about worldwide um, issues and worldwide topics that we were able to talk about and discuss together. And how did your view of the United States change as a result of spending several months abroad talking to students about your country? Yeah, yeah, I think most definitely if we're talking about culture, it made me realize how fast I move on a day-to-day -day basis and how I'm always go, go, go. And in the Italian lifestyle, it's slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> that was the first piece is really cherish every moment of every day that you have. And the way and the pace of life in Italy and the way that they move and really appreciate family um, made me realize how fast at times I've been going and not open my eyes to what's around me on a day-to-day -day basis. And the way I look at the U.S. now is although the, that, we, that we do have that go-go-go mentality and the, the goal-seeking and, and the abilities to, to really get things done, that making that mixture of, of slowing down but also willing to get things done is, is a great mix. And I think that it has helped me and it will continue to help me see the positives in the future as I continue to hopefully travel and see different cultures um, and how they experience life and how they view um, America as well. You know, I studied abroad as well once upon a time and then West Germany. And I always love to ask this question, what did you miss most about America besides your family when you were abroad? Just curious. Yeah, I think the thing that I missed the most was <laughs> the easy disposal of, of water. And because there in, in Trino specifically, um, you couldn't really get water easily. They didn't have, um, I guess, safe, it was safe, but it wasn't very safe water that you could just easily um, grab from your sink or uh, grab from a, a fridge um, that you can, that has the water spout. You had to go walk um, maybe a half a mile to a, a local city um, water spout, fill up your fill up your disposable, your reusable water bottles and bring them back to the house. Um, and that really made me appreciate the, thing, the easy um, disposal of water that we have here in the US and so many more things that we take for granted. And it really made me appreciate everything that, that we have here in the US that um, we don't really look at unless we look outside of what we really have. And I think I know how you're going to answer this, but as you think about the things you really now miss about Italy, you know, from the perspective of a couple of months being back in the United States, what is it that you really want to incorporate in your life, the gift that the Italians said? Was it the, the slowing down or is there something else that you want to elaborate on? I think it's mainly the appreciation of family. And the reason I say that is because for as many Italian friends that I met, each of them made me feel like family. And they really took me in, they taught me not only the Italian language, they taught me the culture, they taught me about who they are and were honest and open to me. And 
they even invited one of my friends invited me to to his Christmas family dinner halfway across Italy. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, but um, just the willingness and uh, and the kindness in the hearts of each one of those Italians um, truly made me appreciate that. And and as I came back here, makes me appreciate each one of my family, friends, coworkers, everyone involved in my life of of I not be as open as the Italians were to me. And it, it makes you see um, the positives and the, the support that we can give one another and that we should give one another on a day-to-day -day basis, especially apparent in times like now where we should be building each other up and helping each other out and make each and every one of us feel like family. So that was definitely one of the most impactful pieces that that I learned from living in Italy. Oh, beautiful. So now you've come back and you came back to our Peter C. Cook Leadership Academy. What impact has the Leadership Academy had on you, Connor? Well, <laughs> I could talk about this for, for hours, um, but truly as, as a not very mature student, I joined the Peter C. Cook um, Leadership Academy. And, and what it has done is, is developed me into someone who I never would have saw myself being, not only personally, but also professionally. It gave me mentors, it guided me in life, and um, it allowed me to really see where I want my future to go. It helped me find my passions, it gave me the ability to network and really understand how to communicate with other professionals, it helped me learn um, so much more about, as I mentioned, my personal life, which I never expected before joining the Leadership Academy, um, allowing me to connect with fellow um, fellows <laughs> and really learn about their lives and, and make friendships with them and understand um, what can be in life and, and what is given to us and what we can make of it as we graduate college and, and uh, join the workforce and attempt to help others and, and lead others through our actions and our service that we provide. And now that you are a graduate, what are the next steps for you? What's the next chapter? Yeah, so as I graduate, I have this whole summer free um, and I will be joining um, Deloitte Consulting in Chicago come October. And very excited for that opportunity to come up as it's a travel-based um, job and, and I'm really excited to continue to dive into new cultures. Hopefully I can get an international gig, if not um, somewhere here in the U.S. where I can help consult and um, teach other individuals what I've learned through not only the um, Cook Leadership Academy but also school and fellow mentors that have guided me. and. Um, I'm just really excited to, to be joining that firm and seeing where it's going to take me next. Well, you've got that romantic side of you. You're a dreamer. What do you dream of doing that would be the capstone of your work, the capstone of your career? Say your Super Bowl, your World Series. What would that look like? So I see this as possibly changing, but each, each step in my life I've, I've seen as a step up, um, a step up the stairway. And, and hopefully 
Deloitte is, is the next step up. And after that, there may, may be a few more, but hopefully in the end, I, I would love to take my skills of what I've learned in the past, my consulting and my leadership and my service. And, and I would love um, one day to lead a nonprofit to help younger students, such as what I was once in or as, um, and, and help teach them and help guide them and mentor them into showing what they can truly become, not only in life, but also professionally too. And this is something that has impacted me tremendously from not only what you have provided me, but the many mentors that the Cook Leadership Academy has given me. And um, I think that from what I've provided, I would love to one day give back to what those have given me um, by providing my expertise to, to the younger generation as well. Well, we have viewers queued up to ask questions, Connor, so let's bring them into our conversation. One viewer writes, is curious about what other destinations are on your travel bucket list at this point? So besides going back to Italy, because that, that is definitely there, um, I would love to go to Africa and do, um, and do some, some nonprofit and, and community, um, community service work there. Something that I didn't really mention is um, in Italy, it, it truly brought me closer to, um, to my religion. And that is something that has taken a huge impact on my life and um, moved me in a lot of different ways. And one way I would love to give back is by doing um, work work in, in Africa for um, as much time as possible. So hopefully that'll be one destination um, one day that I can um, reach. So it's to be a mission trip. Of course. Yes. Another viewer asks, how was the classroom different in Italy compared to here in the United States? <laughs> That's another great question, something I could talk about for a while, but the main difference is how they take, how they take tests. And the classrooms there are, you come in, as, you come in and, and you go as you'd like. There's no attendance taken. There's no, you have to be here now and, and, and you have to go then. Um, but it's all self-accountability. And at the end, you verbally are asked questions one-on-one -on -one by the professor. And if you know it, you know it. If you don't, you fail and you have to retake the whole class. And that is something that really opened my eyes. And I didn't ever think that um, education was, was uh, taught that way at the university level. But in Italy, it's something that they think is really impactful. And um, as a young age, you have to be able to um, be able to uh, make yourself accountable to show up and, and understand um, what topics are being talked about that day. Another viewer writes, could, could you share more about the way your spirituality shifted or changed uh, when you were in Italy and since coming home? Definitely. So when I was there, I, I went alone. I didn't know anyone that um, was on the trip with me, no family, no friends, no one from my university. And being alone was definitely something that opened my eyes to being with, with um, the Bible and being with, with Jesus Christ. And that gave me someone I could always look back on and learn from and, and 
um, guide me in times of being being there where um, I couldn't really talk to anyone else. Um, as it's six hour time difference, I couldn't always reach out to family for a personal question or um, something that I just wanted to ask, sending a quick text. And that really helped me develop myself and, and really teach me about where I lie in life and, and where I want to be one day. So um, it was truly a great time um, for that to come into my life. And, and I really will always look back on it um, as a positive. What advice or guidance would you give to an incoming freshman or a student at GVSU? I would say be open to change. And the reason I say that is because at first, I thought I was going to be going from point A to point B and checking off, let's say, 10 different things on that list to get to where I graduated. But I never realized how much I would change internally and externally um, from when I started school. And being open to change and being open to accept other people's opinions and learn from them and learn from your own failures but also celebrate your successes is truly important for self-development. And that's something that I learned in many different ways throughout my career in college. And something that I will continue to do is being open to, um, being open to change and being open to trying new things, such as seeking a study abroad experience that I was not nearly comfortable enough um, to go do but I did anyways, because I knew it would truly impact me um, in a life-changing way. And how important are mentors in this process of change? They are the foundation. And the reason I say they're the foundation is because on a day-to-day -day basis, going through college, in all honesty, sometimes you don't trust your own judgment. And I don't know if that's for everyone, but for me personally, I had a lot of times where I questioned myself. And mentors, for me, were always there to back me up and to tell me your judgment is correct and you are moving in the right direction and help you see the bright side and help you get past those failures and guide you into the right direction. And they're always a source of positivity. And that's why I truly appreciate each and every mentor in my life. And that's why I would love to continue to be mentored to others, to help them see the bright, bright side in life and, and to help them continue along their journey to find their passions and their purpose in, in life. Connor, is there anything else you would like to discuss or mention that we haven't covered yet? You know, Gleaves, I, I think we've, We've covered most of everything about, um, about what we wanted to, to discuss here today. Um, one last thing is, I guess, to all those other um, freshmen in college, I once questioned myself to, to study abroad. I thought, why do it? I don't really need it to graduate. I already have all my classes lined up. My schedule's set for four years. But I entered my senior year, and I thought, why not? So I just want to tell everyone, whatever stage you are in your life, whether you're just graduating college, just joining, maybe at a tough time in work, um, maybe your 20th year anniversary at the same company, just say, 
why not? And maybe do something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable and push those boundaries just a little bit further. And it might change you in a positive way as it did for me in my life. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Connor, for sharing your story and inspiring our viewers. Uh, the people who've tuned in can certainly see why you were so highly regarded at Grand Valley and especially at our Hallenstein Center's Peter C. Cook Leadership Academy. We wish you all the very best. You're looking great and you have a bright future ahead of you. Thanks also to our viewers whom I invite to zoom in or join us on Facebook at the same time Tuesday, May 5th, when my guest will be H.W. Brands. Now we call him Bill. He's one of the most popular speakers we've ever hosted at the Hauenstein Center. I think we've had him here for about, oh gosh, since 2004, some 15 times at this point. The Pulitzer Prize nominated author will join me to talk about his most recent book, Dreams of El Dorado, A History of the American West. Till Tuesday at 1 p.m., stay tuned and stay well. Beyond Aporia is a podcast brought to you by the Hauenstein Center for Presidential Studies at Grand Valley State University. The director of the Hauenstein Center and producer of this podcast is Gleaves Whitney. The theme music was composed by Andrew Whitney. The Hauenstein Center is inspired by Ralph W. Hauenstein's legacy of leadership and service. Our programs address many of the pressing issues that Americans face. To learn more about the Hauenstein Center, please visit us at www.gvsu.com edu slash hc. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. This is Gleaves Whitney.